أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يدلله فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا أبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم وبيوط الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساعلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا أما بعد أفتوات إن شاء الله we are going directly to the book that we make mention earlier that is regarding the Fatawa al-Muta'alliqa Bizziwaj That is the rules Which are related to the Issue of That is a marriage That is issue of marital relationship uh, Relationship Specifically uh, The book is uh, written In the con- uh, That is in the consent of the woman In the matters which is related to Women But uh, it is very important for both the males and the females. So as for the content, the point that we are going to discuss is ahkamu fi haq zawj. The matters, the rules, the hukum that are related to the haq zawj. That is the responsibility of a husband. Ahkamu fi zinatu wa tajammul li zawj. And the rules are regulation in regards to adornment beauties that is uh, for a, that is for the wife also and the rules which are related to the marital relationship the rules in the issue of that is a uh, issue of touching having playing, romancing, and uh, issues of that is a marital relationship. Then, ahkamun fil haydi wal nifas. Then, the issue which are related to the uh, menstruational bleeding, wal nifas, and uh, first, uh, that is a uh, uh, postnatal bleeding. Then, ahkamun fil taharat wal gusul wa fil minal janaba. Then, the ahkam, the rules which are related to purification the purity and the issue of al-gusil taking that is ritual bath min al-janaba that is from ritual impurities ahkam fil ihtilam then the ahkam the rules and regulations in regards to the issue of wet dream then ahkam fil istimna the hukum the rules and regulations related to masturbation then ahkam muta'alliqatu bisawm wal hajj then the ahkam, the rules which are related to fasting and uh, 
that is al-hajj pilgrimage so the first uh, that is uh, content and the information in the book alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen all the praises are for allah the lord of the universe wassalatu wassalamu ala ashrafil anbiya wal mursalin and peace and mercy be upon the most exotic among the messengers and the most exotic among the that is the prophets nabiyana muhammad our beloved prophet muhammad wa ala alihi and upon his family wa sahbihi ajma'in and upon all of his companions amma ba'du afterwards jama'atu ba'du al-fatawa al-hamatu lil-mar'ati al-mutazawwija i have compiled some of the rules that are very important lil-mar'ati al-mutazawwija especially to that is uh, to a woman who she is married that is to um, to the woman that is already married al-muta'alliqatu bi haqqi az-zawj which is related to the responsibility uh, of the husband wa ahkamun fi al-ma'ashirati az-zawjiyya and the rules that are related to uh, marital relationship wa ahkamun fi zinati al-mar'ati zawjiha and the rules that are related to the adornment uh, taking that is a beauty decoration of a woman towards her husband fayanbagi ala nisa attafaquhu fi umuri dinahum it is one of the responsibility that is upon women to know and to understand the matters of their religion wa ma'rifatu al-ahkam al-shar'iyya and the knowing knowledge about ahkam al-shar'iyya the rules of the religion al-khassatu bihinna which are specific for them so we know that there are some of the ahkam that are specific in the that is in the aspect of women and though there are those that are that is a general matters both males and females are involved in the matters and there are those that are specific for the males only was-su'alu amma yashkulu wa yatqa'u alayhin and the questions uh, that can befall onto them and that is the matters that can come that is across the women so they should know this kind of matters faqad kanat an-nisa'u fi ahli an-nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as for the women during the lifetime of the messenger of allah fis ambasi of allah bi afanhim yatalaqina al-ilm ash-shar'i minhu they used to obtain the knowledge of the deen the religious knowledge from the messenger of allah haythu kana sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to the extent that as for him the messenger of allah yukhassisu lahunna yawman that he used to specify he used to specify a day for them he used to select he used to choose a day for the that is for the women sections he used to teach his sahaba but also he used to get to that is to select a day particularly for women for women education uh, he used to admonish them he used to give them more and he used to explain to them he explained to them the matters of their religion so uh, and they used to ask him about what is hidden for them whatsoever that they fell to know they did not understand they used to ask the messenger of Allah about the matters of jurisprudence that is the issue of fiqh any issue related to fiqh 
if we are talking about jurisprudence, that is anything related to ibadah, like for example the issue of ghusl, ablution, and wudu, issue of that is uh, uh, fasting, freya, and anything. So anything that is related to that, they used to ask the Messenger of Allah, along with the issues related to marital relationship. Uh, usually some of the women, they used to be shy. They, they are shy to ask that is a male. Suppose, for example, uh, there is an alim who is a male. So usually the women, they are shy to ask him. Even if that, that woman or that lady uh, is your sister, she would feel shy to ask you about some of the matters related to, to her. About some of the matters that are specific for them. It happens one day a woman came to the house of the Messenger of Allah. When she arrived, the woman, uh, that is the, uh, the, the wives of the Messenger of Allah, are there inside the house. So she asks the Messenger of Allah, Inna Allah la istahi min al haq. Barely Allah is not shy about the truth. Hal al al ghuslu. Can a woman take bath when she have a wet dream? Meaning when she have a dream like as how a male used to have a dream. Meaning when a woman dreamed that she is having sexual intercourse with someone. And she passed out a liquid. That is she passed out that is a, a water. So would she take bath? Would she take gusud? So the Messiah of Allah explained to her. Also that if she take a... Uh, she have a, can, uh, a wet drink and she pass out the water she has to, that is take the ghusl, as how the male used to, used to do. So then, فَوْجُودِ النِّسَاءُ الْمُتَعَلِّمَاتُ الْفُقَيْحَاتُ يَجَعَلُ مِنَ السَّحْلِ عَلَيْهِنَّ الْإِسْتِفْتَاءُ When we have women that are highly educated, that they are scholars, so it becomes easy for them to ask them in order to know the matters of their religion. So if they are teachers, who, that is, who are women? So it's easy for the other women to ask them about the matters that are specific for them. Uh, as those matters that are specific, specific for them. So it would be easy for them. As for Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, she was a kind of knowledgeable woman. Uh, uh, she was alimatun, she was a teacher. She was an erudite scholar. She has a lot of narrations of a hadith. Uh, and she used to give fatwa. She used to explain the rulings of the religion to the women during the lifetime of the Messenger of Allah. Since the time of the Messenger of Allah. On the authority of Aisha, that is, there is one of the riwayah that Aisha radiallahu anha, she narrated from the, that is from the riwayah of Asma, that Asma sa'alati al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Asma ibn Tu'umais, she asked the messenger of Allah and Ghusl al-Mahid about the menstruational Ghusl, that is the ritual bath for menstruation. Suppose a woman, she get into her menses, she uh, accomplish her menstruational bleeding. So she is required to take the ghusl. So she asked the Messenger of Allah about the ghusl, about that is that bath. فَقَالَ Then he said, تَأْخُذُ إِحْدَى كُنَّ مَاءَهَا وَسِدَغَتَهَا One of you should take مَاءَهَا 
her own water that is she, she should carry a water in a container uh, and her lentils that is uh, and her detergent so then she should purify her body with and she should that is a uh, beautify her purification that is when she is washing her body let her beautify that is the that is she should let uh, make sure that she wash her body that is entirely accurately then she should pour water on her head that is on her hair means her head after she uh, wash her body then she should wash uh, pour water on her he- on her head and she should make sure that she squeeze her hair with a severe squeezing that is she should make sure that she squeeze all her hair that is uh, uh, until she reaches to the root of her hair that means she should put her fingers to squeeze her hair until she makes sure that she reaches up to the root of her hair now uh, then he said uh, then she should pour another water on the hair also then she should uh, that is she is to take uh, a smooth sponge you know sponge sponge that we use for gusul so, so let her take that is that sponge and let her wash her body with the sponge asma then Asma bin Umayz, she said, While is she going to use the sponge? <laughs> then he said, Then Allah said, Subhanallah, glory be to Allah. You are supposed to use it. That is, you are supposed to purify your body with it. You are supposed to use the sponge in order to purify your body with. Then Aisha radiallahu anha said, She was in the gathering. She said, but she is like hiding the meaning of that. So, Aisha uh, explained why. She said that you are to cleanse out of the spot of the blood. You know, when a woman uh, gets into her menses, she used to bleed. So, at times, the stain of the blood used to stay in her private fat at times in her body fat like in her thighs so the purpose the importance of using the sponge is for her to make sure that she cleans out the spot of the blood so that is the reason the Rasul explained to her he said that she is to use a smooth sponge so as much she was totally astonished she was surprised how can I use the sponge because normally she understand uh, that uh, as for the Muslim ritual bath, you are not required to use the sponge or to use anything. So when Mr. Allah make mention about use, uh, the use of sponge, she was totally astonished. She was totally amazed. She was totally surprised. So Aisha radiallahu anha, then she explained to her. She said, what the Mr. Allah mean, uh, mean with that is that you are to use the sponge in order to eradicate the spot of the blood. Now, uh, then he, uh, she said, "Fatatahharina biha tatabina asradami." You are to eradicate the spot of the blood. Wasaalatu an gusil janaba, and she asked him also. She asked the Messenger of Allah about the ritual bath. Gusil janaba is a gusil when there is a sexual intercourse between a husband and and his wife. When a husband and and a wife have sexual intercourse, so they must to take gusil. 
is obligatory upon them. So uh, also when someone uh, have a kind of wet dream and uh, he pass out the sperm, that is the semen, comes out from his body, then he must protect the, that is a ghusl. That is terms as a ghusl janaba. So in terms of ghusl janaba, the hukum is that when someone have sexual intercourse with his, with his spouse, whether the sperm comes out or not, he is too, that is to take the ghusl. So there is one mas'ala. Suppose now after the Maghrib, I have sexual intercourse with my spouse, for example. I'm just giving an example, I'm single. Suppose I'm giving <laughs> For a husband, someone that he is having a wife, he has sexual intercourse after the Maghrib. So after the first round, then he think of going for the second round. So meaning, is he going to take the ghusl before going to the next round? Oh, he is, that is, he has to, that is uh, continuously taking the ghusl whenever he is going for another round. So they ask the Messiah Allah this question. The Messiah Allah explained to them that he is, that is to change al-a'la, means ablution. If, for example, you go for the first round, if you are going for the next round, make sure you, you take uh, ablution, al-wudu. You have to take wudu. So after you finish all of your round, then you take the ghusl. So Islam is very easy. Instead of someone to be taking the ghusl after each round, so the Messiah Allah said that he, he should, that is, change the al-a'la, means ablution. So when you go for the first round, if you are going for the next round, take, before the next round, take a, that is ablution. So after you accomplish that is the, that, then you take the ghusl. So that's the hukum. So she asks also the Messiah of Allah about ghusl janaba, the ritual bath. فَقَالَ Then he said, تَأَخُذُ مَاءً She is to take a water. She is to carry a water. She has to carry a water. فَتَتَتَحَّرُ uh, And let her purify her body with فَتُحْسِنُ الطُّهُورَ and let her be, that is beautify her purification meaning that she should uh, wash her body accurately أو تُبْلِغُ الطُّهُورَ or she should make sure that she en encompasses all the aspect, aspect of the of the ghusl all the aspect of the bath meaning she should wash all her organs ثُمَّ تَسُبُّ عَلَى رَأْسِهَا then she should Pour a water that is the water on her head. But and let her that is a uh, squeeze her hair. Hatta tablura shuni rasiha until she reaches to the root of her hair. Now, summa tufidu aleha maan. Then she should pour another water on the hair also. Fakalat Aisha. Then Aisha radiallahu anha said, Niaman nisa'i nisa'ul ansab. Exotic are the women of Medina. That is exotic are the women of Ansar, meaning the women of Medina. Lam yakun yamna'uhunna al-haya'a ayyatafakkahna fiddin. Shyness did not overtake them in asking about the religious matters. Meaning Aisha radiallahu anha, she was praising, she praised the women of Medina. She is saying that they neglect shyness in order to ask about their religious matters. Meaning they don't care about shyness. Even though they are modest women, but they keep shyness aside when they are to ask about their religious matters. So imagine a woman come, uh, uh, coming to the house of the Messenger of Allah. He was sitting together with his wives and she is asking the Messenger of Allah about ghusl janaba, about the menstruational uh, ghusl, that is after the menstruation, al-hayd. So if other women of nowadays, they would be shy. They, maybe the uh, shyness 
overtaking them. It can take them in order to to register to ask about the leaders' matters. So as for the women of Ansar, the Sahaba, they are not shy in asking about their leaders' matters. So Umm Salma radiallahu anha. As for the Umm Salma, may Allah be pleased with her also. She also narrated a narration. Before that, we mentioned two gusul. The first category about the gusul of the menses. So the Messiah of Allah mentioned that a woman can use a sponge, a smooth sponge. She can also use a cedra. Cedra is lentils. It's a kind of uh, a tree, a leaf that they used to uh, use in the, those, uh, those days. But now we don't have that, uh, uh, that, is, uh, that leaf, that tree. Usually with the, the tree is available, but usually they extract the, the leaves and the stem of that tree to make uh, antiseptic. So, which is indicating that a woman is allowed to use detergent or antiseptic solution like Dettol, like uh, uh, there is one uh, saffron, one detergent. So all those antiseptic solutions, she can put like Dettol in her water in order to take the bath after menses. So then she asked the Musabullah about Ghusl Janaba. As for the Ghusl Janaba, he did not mention about the use of sponge. What is the difference? The difference is that the blood contains impurities. It serves as an impurity. While the money, the sperm, as for the sperm, according to authentic, that is uh, information in the hadith of the Musabullah, in the t that is in the religion, it is not Najasa. Because there is riwayah from Aisha radiallahu anha, she said that she saw a wet, uh, a wet uh, money in the clothes of the Messenger of Allah. She also makes mention that at times he used to see a dried sperm on the cloth of the Messenger of Allah and he is praying with the cloth. So meaning if the sperm get dried, so that is termed as that is something that is not impure. It is not najasa. So some of the ulama they said if it is not dry, if it is wet, in liquid format, that is najasa. Because they said it comes with other, that is other, uh, 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 some of the materials, some of the, that is uh, uh, element, which are totally impure. So, according to majority of the scholars, they consider the sperm, when it gets dried, as something that is not, that is, uh, that is not uh, impure. It is something that is pure, meaning that you can pray if it gets dried on your clothing. So, that's why, in respect to this, we realize that the Messiah did not recommend them to use the sponge. So if you are doing the Ghusl Janaba, when you pass out the sperm from your genital uh, region, from your private part, so no need of you to take a sponge to wash, that is the, just use water, the water would wash out, that is the, the place or the spot of the Janaba. So there is no difference with the uh, Ghusl of uh, Janaba and the Ghusl of al hayd and the Ghusl of Nifas. The only things that differs uh, that is the intention. So if, if a woman is taking Ghusl Janaba or a man is going to take Ghusl Janaba, he is just to intend in his heart that I'm going to take Ghusl Janaba in his heart. So first of all, the Messiah of Allah explained in the hadith. He said that, first of all, you have to wash your hand, that is three times. When you wash your hands three times, then take water with your other hand, with the right hand for the water, uh, that is uh, for the water, to the, that is to the private fat and wash your private fat first. Then after you wash the private fat, that is the purity, then you wash your hands three times. As how you are doing the ablution. Wash three times, first time, second time, three times, then wash your mouth, 
rinses your mouth and uh, and inhale the water uh, and sneeze uh, uh, that sneeze the water and pass it out from your nose as how you are doing the ablution when you reach to the head after as normal ablution you wash your hand you wash your mouth and nose you wash your face you wash your hands you are going to the head so in this particular region what you are required as how the Allah mentioned you would take a scoop of water four on the head three times make sure you squeeze your hair so that the water should get up to the root of your hair then from that you pour the water on your hair uh, on your hair entirely then to throughout your body and squeeze all the part of your body then the last point is the washing of legs so that's the end part of the Busul Janaba in some of the book, uh, books of jurisprudence you would make uh, they make mention that you should start washing the right portion of your body before the left portion of your body so suppose you are pouring the water when you are uh, squeezing your body try as such is what part of the mustahab recommendation to start with the right portion then going to the left portion so after you you finish with the body entirely then go to your leg portion wash your feet then that's the end of the ghusl janaba and likewise the ghusl that is the uh, for the height the women that are doing menses when she is going to take the verse for menses so she is to also follow this uh, the same procedure what differs that is the intention because she is going to in, uh, intend that I, I want to do the ghusl height then the second portion in respect to ghusl height she is required to use a sponge a smooth sponge, sponge to clean the spot of the, the blood so that's the difference so an asma uh, an umm salma radiyallahu anha from the authority of umm salma may allah be pleased with her kanat an umm salma radiyallahu anha umm salma radiyallahu anha also she was among the scholars among the sahaba she was a scholastic woman she was a teacher she was an erudite scholar so uh and she was known kanat min fuqayhat as-sahabiyat she was among the knowledgeable women among the Sahaba. Women and she was also among those women that narrated a lot of hadith. And many among the Sahaba and among the Tabi'in, they narrated the narrations of hadith from Umm Salma. We know Umm Salma was a wife to Abu, uh, that is Abu Salma, before the Messiah of Allah consummated the, uh, the marriage with Umm Salma. And she, that meaning that she was among the wives of the Messenger of Allah, peace and mercy of Allah be upon him. The Umm Dagda and Umm Dagda, radiallahu anha, kanat faqihatun zahida. She was a kind of knowledgeable woman, zahidatun, and she was a devoted woman, meaning she was into devotion. She is a, a woman that worships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala much more. She is known, she was popularly she was popularly known in terms of jurisprudence, well ilm and in terms of knowledge, well faham and in terms of understanding matters. You would see there is a person that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would bless him with knowledge, but he will lack understanding of that knowledge. A person would be given a knowledge, but he will lack the knowledge of jurisprudence. That is the hukum entitled with that knowledge. So that's one of the issues. She was known with the, that is uh, with uh, knowledge of matters, knowing of matters, understanding of matters. And other women from the Sahaba, like uh, that is Hafsa, 
one of the wives of the Messiah of Allah, like Fatima, anha. Fatima the daughter of the Messiah of Allah, peace and mercy of Allah be upon, uh, uh, be upon him. So Fatima, anha, the reason why there are no lot of riwayat from Fatima, because she lived uh, for three months after the demise of the Messenger of Allah. She did not take a long period of time after the Messenger of Allah. That's the reason why uh, there are no students, no, the students that narrated riwayat from her are less, and her riwayat are less. That's one of the issues. But as for Aisha radiallahu anha and Umm Salma, and Umm Dagda, they were uh, the women that uh, they stayed for a long period of time. They lived for a long period of time after the Messenger of Allah. That's why the no, their knowledge uh, is, uh, was preserved. Al-Fasl al-Awwal, about, that is the first segment. Ahkamu fi haqq al-Zawj. The hukum, that is uh, the rules related to the responsibility of a husband. That is the matters which are related to the husband. What uh, a kind of uh, responsibility that is on the that is on the shoulder of women in respect to their husbands. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah uh, subhanahu wa ta'ala, glory be to him, and he uh, is the most high. He said in the glorious Quran, in Surah Al-Nisa, Al-Nisa, that the males are the protectors and maintenance of the women. Meaning, the males are the protectors, are the, that is, are the one in charge to protect the women. Awamuns meaning protection and maintenance. Meaning the males are the one in charge of protection and maintenance of the women. Bima faddallahu ba'duhum ala ba'd. Of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to the others above others. Wa bima anfaqu min amwalihim. And due to what they are given out from their wealth. So that is the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala led the males to be the protectors and the maintain that is a, a source of maintenance to the women. Because usually the males give out their wealth for the donation more than the women. Even though there are women that they are wealthy enough to that is to give out their wealth for acts of charity. So that's one of the issues. This ayah it is not uh, emphasizing that the males are better than women. No, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that the males are what? Are protectors and maintenance of women. It doesn't mean that the males are better than uh, the, the males are better than the females. It doesn't mean that the men are better than women. No, they are protectors and maintenance. That is the meaning of Some of the people they have a problem with the interpretation of this verse. Some, if they want to, that is, approve uh, something related to the values of, uh, of the males, they used to bring this ayah as evidence, which is totally out of the decorum of what they are trying to mention. So, Allah al-Musta'an. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, فَالصَّالِحَاتُ قَانِتَاتٌ حَافِذَاتٌ لِلْغَيْبِ بِمَا حَافِذَ اللَّهِ فَالصَّالِحَاتُ As for the righteous women, قَانِتَاتُ They are obedient. Meaning, the righteous women, the good women are obedient towards her husbands, uh, that is, to, to their various husbands. That is, their obedience to their men. Hafizatil lil gayb. And they are protectors, that is, of the unseen. Meaning, when they are living privately, they will protect, that is, the dignity of their husbands. They would protect the dignity of their husbands. Bima hafizallah, of what Allah SWT has given the protection of. So, when they were separately, privately, they would protect the dignity of their husband. Meaning they will not invite someone 
that is to have a kind of sexual intercourse with them because that is totally cheating that is what we call cheat so they are not cheating so that's one of the issues so then Allah SWT mentioned in the ayah as for the women that you are afraid of their disobedience first you should admonish them and avoid their place of sleeping that is avoid their that is sexual intercourse then you, you can strike them so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave three stages one is the stage of admonishment he said first you should admonish her if your, your, your wife is not uh, she is not uh, obeying you she is having problem so you should try as such to admonish her do more for her, admonish her, advise her, recommend her. So if she did not take the admonishment, the next step is for you to avoid her sleeping position. That is to not have sexual intercourse with her. So that's the second stage. As far as she is a, a righteous a spouse, when you admonish her, you do the more for her. If she is knowledgeable, she is uh, that is a, a, a well-understanding uh, woman, she would understand what you are trying to say to her and she would that she would become uh, she would be obeying you she would that is uh, rectify herself her own characters so if she did not take the first stage then the second stage you have to avoid her that is sleeping position that is meaning you will not that is uh, have sexual intercourse with her even though the Messiah of Allah said you should stay in the room you are not to leave the house for her no you would stay in the house but you have to avoid that relationship with her because also she is in need of that so that's one of the states then the missile then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said what then you can strike them so the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam warned against striking women in their face in their faces he said that you should not beat women especially in their faces and he said that you should not insult a woman so Allah Musta'an, we would read towards those ahadiths also. And Abi Hurata radiallahu anhu qala qala rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that the Messenger of Allah is a massive Allah be upon him said, Izada an rajuli imra'atuhu ila firashihi. When a man invites, that is uh, his spouse, his wife to his sleeping position. That is to his, uh, he invite her to come to his bed. Fa'abat, and she refused. Fa'bata ghadbana alayha. And he slept while he was angry with her the angels would be cursing her until she reached to the morning time until she reached to the uh, that is to the morning meaning that if a woman call uh, his spouse he invite her to the sleeping position so let her that is obey him if she refused she disobeyed him she did not come that is to satisfy his desires and he sleep while he is angry with her, then the angels would be cursing her. They would be cursing that is that woman till the next morning. Wafiriwa in one of the narration, Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Messenger of Allah, peace and mercy of Allah be upon him said, Wallazi nafsi biyadi. I swear with the one that my soul in his, in, in, his, uh, in his hands, that I swear with the one that is that hold my soul. There is no a particular person that would call his, his spouse, his wife, and she would refuse 
on him she would disobey him illa kan alladhi fi as-samaa saqitan alayha unless the one in the heaven would be angry with her hatta yaghda anha until her husband is pleased with her meaning when you when the husband invite her he want to satisfy his sexual desires she is required to obey him and if she refuses allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would be angry with would be totally angered he would be angered with that woman due to that is her uh, disobedience until her husband become he, until he, he is pleased with her when her husband is pleased with her then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would expiate that is that anger then one Abi Hurairah radiyallahu anhu, and also from the authority of Abi Hurairah, Abdurrahman bin Sakhr al-Dawsi, I even he said, "Anna Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam qal that the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم said, 'لا هل لمرأةٍ أن تسوم وزوجها شاهد إلا بإذنه that it is not uh, recommended for a woman and تسوم for her to past وزوجها شاهد and her husband is present." illa bi iznihi unless with his permission if a husband want to fast she is intending to take a fasting a soul so she is not required to fast that voluntary fasting unless her husband give her the permission suppose we know part of the sunnah fasting is the thursday and monday yeah so if she want to fast the voluntary fasting not the wajib we know there is obligatory fasting like the fasting of the month of ramadan so that fasting of the month of Ramadan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that commanded with and it is obligation, it is obligatory fasting. So she is to fast whether with his consent or not, he, she is required to fast the fasting of the month of Ramadan. But voluntary fasting, like for example the fasting of Thursday and Monday, she is not to fast for that particular fasting unless her husband give her the permission. So the Rasulullah said, وَلَا تَعْذَنَا فِي بَيْتِهِ إِلَّا بِإِذْنِهِ and she is not required to give permission to someone in his house unless with his permission. Unless her husband give her permission to give permission to that particular person, then she should do so. Suppose someone come into come to the house, he is outside the house. He want to come to the house of her husband. But that particular person did not inform her husband. And he, her husband did not, uh, he didn't know that that particular person is coming to his house. So she is not required to give permission to that particular person. Unless her husband give the permission. So, وَمَا أَنْفَقَتْ مِنْ نَفْقَةٍ أَنَا غَيْرِ أَمْرِهِ فَإِنَّهُ يُؤَدَّى إِلَيْهِ شَطْرُهُ وَمَا أَنْفَقَتْ مِنْ نَفْقَةٍ أَنَا غَيْرِ أَمْرِهِ فَإِنَّهُ يُؤَدَّى إِلَيْهِ شَطْرُهُ And whatsoever she would give out of charity. من غير أمره without his permission فإنه يؤدى إليه شطره so in that case she is just to dispose the half of it meaning she's, if a woman see someone she sees someone in need like she, she see a, a, a needy like miskin or fakir she want to help him but the wealth belong to her husband suppose for example she has a 1000 rupee. The 1000 rupee belongs to her husband. So she saw a needy and she want to help, she want to support the needy. So she give that uh, that 1000 rupee to that needy. So what would be the case? Is she going to disburse that 1000 to her husband? No. In Islam, the hukum is that she is to give 50% of the wealth. Do you get it? She is to give only 500 to the husband. 
she is not required to give one thousand to give to give the one thousand that one thousand to back to her husband. Rather five hundred fifty percent share to half of it. That's what Mr. Allah make mention, and that's how it is. But due to uh, 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 that is uh, we lack the knowledge of these matters. You will see the husband will ask her to pay that particular amount. But in Islam, she is required to that is to pay back only the half of that wealth. وعن ابن عمر رضي الله عنه أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال from the authority of Abdul authority authority of Abdullah ibn Umar from the Prophet peace and peace of Allah be upon him قال he said كلكم رائم ومسؤول أغئيته all of you are people of authorities well and you would be asked about your authorities فالإمام رائم ومسؤول أغئيته a leader is an authority and he would be asked about that responsibility. A leader that is a ruler, any leader, any kind of leadership. So you would, Allah subhanahu wa taala will ask you about that leadership. Do you do it com that is in a competent way? Is there anybody that get oppressed under you? So all those kind of issues, Allah subhanahu wa taala would would ask would ask you as far as you are a ruler or a leader. وَقَجُلُ فِي أَهْلِهِ رَائِنٍ أَنَّ أَمَانٍ إِنْ هِسْ إِنْ هِسْ هَوْسٍ هِيْ إِسْ رَائِنٍ هِسْ أَفْسَنَ أَفْتَرِيْتِ and he would be asked about his responsibility. He would be asked about that authority. رائيتن, a woman in the house of her husband. She is an authority. رائيتها, and she would be asked about her responsibilities. That means Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask her also on the day of judgment about that responsibility. Did she maintain those responsibilities or not? والخادم في مال سيده رائد، a public servant in the wealth of his master، that is in the wealth of the that is the pub the public رائد، he is an authority، meaning الخادم a slave رائد، he is also an authority في مال سيده in the wealth of his master، وهو مسؤول عن رؤيته، and he would be asked about that responsibility. Which implies that if you are a public servant, so you are as an authority. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask you about that authority. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask you because you are working for the government. You are working for the public. So anything that happens under you, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask you. Anything that happens under your office, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask you. فَهَذِهِ الْأَحَادِيثُ فِي بَيَانِ حَقِّ الزَّوْدَةِ عَلَى زُودِهَا All these ahadiths are... Talking about the responsibility of a woman upon her husband, وَتَقَدَّمَ مَعَلَ الزَّوْجِ also, and it also mentions something that is related to the husband, وَأَنَّ عَلَيْهِ أَيَّقُمَ بِكِسْوَتِهَا, and what he is responsible to do is for him to take the responsibility of her clothing. He should take the responsibility of her clothing, وَنَفْقَتِهَا and her feeding. He must to feed her. He must to clothe his spouse, his wife. وَعَلَّ and he is not to go away from his spouse unless in the house. Before that, uh, the salary of a wife belongs to her. The salary of the husband belongs to him and it belongs to his wife. That is in terms of Islam. Her own salary belongs to her totally. He don't have any share from it. But his salary she has 
the share she has her own, her own share from his salary to that one of the justice of that is this religion and he is not to go away that is unless in the house unless in the room so when she she disobey him he admonished her he took the first stage he take the first stage and she did not uh, she's not admonished so if he is to avoid her sleeping position he should be in the room if she's on the to on the bed he should that is like sleep on uh, that is down on the floor or, or to take another sleeping position so that's how he is not just to leave the home for her no that's not the teachings of islam He's, he must be in the house he must be in the room because that would stimulate her that is to rectify it because whenever he distance himself away from her like he leave the the, the house so she would think that totally he avoid her totally but if he is in the room she would have the concern that the, uh, that is the uh, impression that maybe uh, he love her she would understand that indeed he love her but because of her disobedience that's why he refused her sleeping position and he is not required to beat her face he is not required to strike her on her face and he is not to insult her you are not required to insult your wife like for example to insult her father or her mother or her family no you are not to do that it is totally forbidden and these are some of the, his responsibility regarding her and some part of his responsibility on her when he invited her to his sleeping position she is not required to disobey him she has to obey him on that his responsibility is to clothe her to feed her and to take all her responsibility and her responsibility is to obey him whenever he call her that is for the that is for the sexual desires she must make sure that she satisfy him and whenever he sleep while he is angry with her so the angels would be cursing her until she reach to the next morning so Allah I think uh, we should stop here due to the time limitation so we'll continue by tomorrow inshallah اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما اللهم أرنا الحق حق ورزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا ورزقنا اجتنابه سبحان ربك رب العزة أما يسفون وسلام المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين